Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. I know we took a little bit of a break, but I'm joined with a guest. Here I am with Jordan. Jordan, what's up, man? How's it going, man? I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, why don't you introduce yourself to my audience, talk about where they can find you, all that stuff. Yeah, my, my name's Jordan Vanek. You can find me at, or on Twitter, JordanVanek1. I am a writer for Grey Ratings. I do shows with the Run Boys Network and Nimble Numbers Chalk Block. Um, pretty much you'll, you'll see a lot of my DFS work throughout the year. Uh, that's going to be the main focus for me. <laughs> yes. Dope. That, that's some, that's some good work. I remember talking about that. We, we did when we were on, I think the lateral, um, mm. that's good stuff. But, uh, today we've got some, some rankings debates, I guess. I don't know if that's like a real thing or whatever we're going to call it, but I hope to do more of these in the future. So, um, I sent over my rates to Jordan and he came back with some stuff they disagreed with. Uh, and the first one we have is I'm going to go with. God, where did I put this stupid thing? Everything's in my way. Uh, Antonio Gibson. I have him currently ranked b- 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 my 22nd overall running back, and Jordan has a problem with that. So what's up, man? Talk to me about it. I mean, well, the first thing that I, I did notice was that um, Michael Carter, if I'm not mistaken, was ahead of him. Yes, you're correct. I, I make, I'm looking at this, and Antonio Gibson as a rookie Definitely didn't play a ton of snaps, but also we got to remember with this coaching staff of the football team, uh, McCaffrey didn't play a ton of snaps his rookie year either. Antonio Gibson is not Christian McCaffrey. It's just the way that he was utilized in terms of being a rookie and just kind of getting spoon fed with, okay, you're going to be on on first and second down. You're not going to be doing too much. And also he was converting from receiver to running back from Memphis. This was his first full-time year playing running back. And as a rookie, went for 11 touchdowns and played extremely well and provided a lot of fantasy upside towards the end of the year until that ankle injury that kind of put him <laughs> down for the rest of the year. But you can see his highlights against like the Cowboys and you can see some of the highlight plays that he provided like I, I don't see this guy finishing outside of the top 15, especially with no threat to his red zone touches and probably a more active third down percentage compared to last year where it, it's going to be a better offense. They're going to be able to do more through the air. <laughs> and I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll be in with more like in on third downs more. And I, I see his red zone usage, red zone usage staying the same. So, okay, so there's a few things, I guess, there. Um, you don't think that his red zone usually come down? I, I don't think I disagree with that at all. Um, I just, do, do you think he's just the lead back? Like, he's going to get all the touches forever, and he's he's like a, like a DeAndre Swift type guy? I mean, DeAndre Swift didn't get those touches. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I like, think this year. I mean, like, I mean, this year he's going to be, right? Like, that's what people assume, right? Like, he's going to be the bell, uh, bell cow. I mean, we can go with another bell cow, but, just, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think he's in the class of touches of what Aaron Jones is getting. He he gets a ton of touch, touches and is super efficient with those touches. Um, I don't think he's like a Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey, Dalvin, Zeke. I, I think that's like a ceiling type of thing. I, I'm more, or even Kamara. Mm. I, I think more so he's in the range of 
the Aaron Jones. And it's like, I, I look at the football team's offense and when they get into the red zone, they don't have a single receiver who can win on a jump ball. It, it's more so going to be Antonio Gibson in the red zone. They have a bunch of receivers who can win on slants and that's forcing the football in the middle of the field. But I personally think that Antonio Gibson is going to be scoring 10 touchdowns rushing wise <laughs> in most of the seasons he's playing. And in half point PPR specifically, that usually nets you a top 16 finish. If you can go and score 10 touchdowns, you're most likely going to be in the top 16 if you get to 250 touches. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I predicting touchdowns over the course of years is tough. I, I know you laid out like a, a reasonable you know, logic there, but I, I don't know if I'm just going to buy that because he's, you know, going to be the goal line back maybe all the way through. I mean, what what about Dynamy Brown? You don't think he can win in the red zone? Or you don't think any of the tight ends? I mean, people are pretty high on Logan Thomas. You don't think he can win in the end zone either? No, Logan, Logan Thomas can win in the end zone. He's just, he's Logan Thomas. <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah. converted quarterback that got spoon-fed targets this past year. I mean, with Antonio Gibson, it's not like I'm predicting necessarily like, um, he's going to be going scoring 14 touchdowns on the dot. I just see he has high double-digit touchdown upside with really – he's probably the best player in the red zone. Like, if you get to the red zone and you're the football team, I think he's the person you're going to get the ball to. Um, I, I He proved a lot his rookie year, and, like, he's still technically – like, his second year as a running back. Um, sure. it, it looks to me like I, I can't see him being finishing below a Michael Carter, who isn't a timeshare with Tevin Coleman and most likely Tyler Johnson from the early reports out of camp and with the Jets offense that I just don't see scoring that many touchdowns this year. Like I know they have a new system with the floor and the Shanahan type of, you know, ideology, but they're still super young. And yes, they have a talented offensive line or more talented offensive line. I just don't see them being able to get like I don't see Michael Carter scoring ten touchdowns. And I was just pulling up numbers from like the San Francisco team last year. Um, I don't know if you saw. I just tweeted out about it. Uh, Jeff Wilson and Kyle Yuschek accounted for thirty-seven percent of the 49ers touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Wilson was like Jeff Wilson, Raheem Moster, and Jarek McKinnon. Basically, nobody scored over ten, and uh, Jeff Wilson was the one who scored seven. That was the most touchdowns they had. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, that's interesting. I, there are a few things there. Um, the first thing is, I don't. I guess I wanted to hammer home a little bit about the the red zone touchdown stuff. I don't think you need to be like a jump ball guy or any of those like what we traditionally call red zone threats to be you know to get touchdowns in the NFL. I look at a guy like Tyreek Hill, and I mean, obviously Curtis Samuel is not that type of type of guy, but you can use speed as much as you want in the red zone in order to get open to score. Like I, I don't. I don't think it's necessary that you just have to run the ball up the gut the whole time with a running back to score in the red zone. Do you agree with that or disagree? I agree with that, but I'm looking at if you're playing, if you go uh, three wide receiver set with mm-hmm. Adam Humphrey, Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, you're putting enough DBs on the field for Antonio Gibson to just pretty much walk in. <laughs> you, do, you think Peyton, yeah, do you think Peyton Barber gets used at all? Uh, is he still there? I thought he was a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he is. He went to Tampa Bay. My bad. That's my fault. No, you're good. That's yeah. why, That was the reason. That's like If Peyton Barber was still there, I could see the arc. Like, I'm not going to go and... like. Mm-hmm. hammer home that i'm looking at their right. running back group right now i think jared patterson patterson's the rb3 that's, that's yeah that's who it is yeah okay like i mean jared patterson was cool story in college where he went and scored like nine rushing touchdowns because i play college football dfs so like Oof. i play the mac and i know jared patterson and yeah. he was like if you put into terms of like DraftKings pricings he was like mccaffrey if mccaffrey was priced at like 14k 
he was literally like 13 14k every week yeah okay yeah i well, i i mean yeah i was i was a little high. i mean this running back class was kind of trash but i think yes. i'm looking at an outdated uh I must be looking at an outdated depth chart because I can't, for whatever reason, PFF isn't loading my Washington football team lineup, so I'm trying to find it. Ah, here we go. It's finally there. Um, yeah, I, God, maybe I had some bad assumptions or whatever like that. No, I, they still, they still have Peyton Barber on here. Whatever. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, they might. If they, I'm going to check right now and over yeah. the cap because that's usually, if you're like looking for a depth chart type of stuff. I usually, during the offseason, go to over the cap because they have no, just right. the contracts, and right. if they're on the that's it. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 take a look there because I I do uh, I am also curious. Uh, I just typed in Peyton Barber Sport Track. Let's see if that works <laughs> or over the cap. I keep using the other one, but I'm pretty sure he's still with there. I'm looking at yeah, he's still with Washington. He's still he's, with Washington. Okay, yeah, he's still with Washington. Does does that I mean does that matter at all to you with with terms of the red zone stuff or does that change anything? I think it takes away like the idea of like locking him in for ten touchdowns personally, okay. but I still think that like Antonio Gibson is still going to be the premier back in that offense i think that they don't it's it's not about like workhorse is dead like that that idea sure, ideology is is really really just it's so outdated because it's just not worth it from a nfl's point of view like fantasy wise yeah. we all love it but like <laughs> like pretty much the only workhorse running backs that can actually survive it in this point in age is derrick henry and zeke <laughs> like yeah. saquon's getting hurt dalvin gets hurt nick chubb gets hurt mm-hmm. joe mixon like there's there's no body type that's like yep 300 touches, 340 every single year. Let's do it. And sure. Derrick Henry is the guy that I'm like scared. I'm terrified of him. But like I, I see in your rankings, you have him RB7, which is pretty similar. In half point, I might bump him up a little bit higher. But like mm. I'm, I'm, I might be lowering him a little bit too. But that's another conversation for another yeah. time. Um, but yeah, so I'm so, so the red zone, I think, is a little bit contested. And I think it's kind of weird to like maybe not weird. I just think it's, you know, year to year is tough to predict touchdowns. Yeah. Do you expect um, Gibson to get most of the catches out of backfield? Catches, no. I, I think okay. he's going to be in line for like forty to fifty. At like that's that's where I see him as a receiving. I think he has the ceiling to get to where Kamara and McCaffrey are, but I don't. I didn't see it enough last year to lock it in. I mm-hmm. think he's more. I'm going to be on the safer side and predict more of like a Zeke Elliott type of receiving work. Not Derrick Henry, but Zeke. If that makes. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, McKissick is still there. Does that worry you? Uh, no. McKissick is a journeyman. He's a journeyman that pretty much, I mean, I think Curtis Samuel will end up being more of that role than McKissick will, <laughs> personally. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, sorry. Did we, did we cut out? We oh, no, you're good. Oh, sorry. I oh, sorry yeah. So, I, I, well, I'm curious. I mean, do, do you th- why why do you think they go away from it last year and they use McKissick a, a bunch in the in the backfield or in the, to, to catch the ball? Do you think it's just because of Curtis Samuel? Well, it was also because Antonio Gibson wasn't capable of um, picking up blitzes. And sure. with last year's quarterback play, Ryan Fitzpatrick to Alex Smith is just a vastly different um just the way they play quarterback, like checking yeah, no, down on the backfield is, is the I, big I thing. Yeah. I think like running, I think receiving wise, I don't see, like I see probably a hundred targets in the backfield as a total. <laughs> I don't see the, I think they had like over 140, if I'm not mistaken, from their backfield last year. Yeah, because they got 110. I know that. Uh, yeah, and I think and Gibson I, had at least 30 receptions yeah, or 44. 30. Yeah, so like, I, I think that gets lessened by 30, 40. Like, I don't – the target share is going to be the biggest thing for me. Yeah. With that team, with addition of Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys, 
those guys will be the ones being utilized more. I think that's that's pretty much my okay. personal feel on that. So right. that's Antonio Gibson. So I think I'm understanding what you think of Gibson. Uh, he's like going to be a kind of semi-ish workhorse as much as you can get besides like the traditional, or not traditional, the guys that we have now, like um, a Saquon Barkley or Delvin Cook or, or Zeke Elliott, something like that. Is, is that correct? And not really that much of a receiving role. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think the receiving role will be pretty much – uh, it would be a step up from what he did last year, but because mm-hmm. he's going to play the, I mean, I'm assuming he'll play the full 16 because that's kind of like sure. for 17, I should say. Seven, yeah, 17. <laughs> but like, again, I get, and the thing is, is I, I think, I mean, he averaged, um, he, get, he got 4.7 yards of carry last year that too. Is that like, yeah. If he's, if he's able to get into the 240, 250 carries. And also with another thing about the Washington football team there, I feel like they're going to be playing ahead a lot more this year. Sure. <laughs> And if you're when you're when you're playing from ahead, you usually it's just it correlates to fantasy points for running backs like Derrick Henry in the games that they win versus the games that they lose. He's vastly different. Um, I, it's, yeah, it's, I understand that logic for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, though. I feel like you're <laughs> I feel like you're kind of describing James Robinson a little bit. And I'm curious where you have him. James Robinson is not my top 24. I am yeah, not. So, yeah, go ahead. Tech. I'm not I'm not a team James Robinson. I don't think he's going to get the work that people are kind of putting on him. Um I'm he's not undraftable for me. It's just where his ADP is in terms of running back rankings. Like I would rather just go ahead and take the guys like Chase Edmonds or sure. James Connor, no, like I, I those types that. of dudes. <laughs> I, I, I get that if, if you're down on it for sure, but I feel like what you described is similar to what James Robinson is positioned to have a role in this year in the Jaguars offense. Do you disagree with that? I disagree that he'll have that type of role personally. I, I don't think, I think ETN, I think the mixture of ETN, Trevor Lawrence, Visca, um, all the freaking skilled guys that like do the running back receiver role, like Jamal Agnew that you guys yeah. signed and like so, different guys like that uh, will take a little bit of touches. <laughs> I just, so I feel like you said James Robinson, Travis ETN, LaVish Kishanol, I see Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick and Curtis Samuel. I see them very similarly. I mean, and they're kind of roles in the offenses. Does that make sense? That's yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't think um, what you can call it. I don't think McKissick the ETN is. I think more so ETN and Gibson <laughs> are more comparable in the sense of explosiveness. And uh-huh. ETN isn't that great of a catcher out of the backfield. He has a quote in college where he's nervous when the ball's in the air for some reason. But um, yep. it, it's it's more so. Uh, it's Scott Turner's offense too. It's like they, they want to work horse running backs. They just don't usually like, it's just not like a, how do I explain? It's not like a foundation. Like they can do like last year, they can split it up. They did it with Jonathan Stewart and McCaffrey, but when they get the chance to do it with someone, it's usually done. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, the, I guess the, the the last thing we have, because I guess we just disagree about talent levels there and, and, and stuff like that, and I don't think we have time for like an in-depth film discussion on yeah. how to get there and stuff. But I, I see them similar. I mean, James Robinson had a 4.5 yards per uh, attempt, too. I mean, Antonio Gibson at 4.7. I think they have very similar break tackle numbers, too, but Antonio Gibson is really good at uh, breaking tackles as well. So yeah. I, I, I like him for that, and I think that's kind of a, a decent barometer to you know kind of get rid of the... It doesn't do everything that you want it to do, but like if you're getting stopped in the backfield and you're breaking tackles, you know, it means something. Um, the offensive line, you know, doesn't matter as much with that kind of stat. But um, the I guess the last thing I wanted to cover on Antonio Gibson was the um, the Michael Carter. Do you just not like the talent there, or is it the situation, or what is it there? 
I mean, draft capital talent has to matter. Uh, Michael Carter was a like a fifth round pick, like fourth, round. fourth round pick. Sorry. First, first pick of fourth round. No, it's first, first pick of the fourth round. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't, and I don't see him. Like, I'll be honest. Like, one of my deep sleepers for fantasy football is Tyler Johnson. Tyler John or really? Ty, Ty Johnson. Sorry, Ty, Ty Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ty, Ty Johnson when he actually got on the field, because okay, so. First things, or one last thing about Antonio Gibson. Yeah. When he was coming out of college, he was in my top four coming out of that draft. So I kind of have, talent-wise, because I, okay, oh. so I recruited for UCF football. I was in their um, recruitment room. I cut up film on Dylan Gabriel. I recruited Dylan Gabriel to UCF. He's thrown for 4,000 yards every year since his freshman year. Um, I got to see Antonio Gibson on the field. Sure. From an yeah. eye-level yeah. perspective, just watching him play football, he was more talented than what Memphis did with him. And it was very frustrating to watch. <laughs> but um, more importantly, he's just – I've been liking him for a very long time. But uh-huh. on the other side of things, um, when it comes to – who were we just talking about? Just lost my train. Oh, sorry, Michael Carter? Michael Carter. When it comes to Michael Carter and Ty, Ty Johnson – Ty Johnson in his career, if I'm not mistaken, when we look at like the games, he actually got work. <laughs> mm. um, he got work. He's gotten over 20 carries once. And that was when he went 4.7 yards a carry with the Jets, 104 yards, touchdown, did very well against the Raiders. They were obviously a bad run defense. Uh, another game that he got 11 carries, 45 yards, four yards a carry, two catches, 23 yards. He's not like the best running back in football and I'm not saying anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just see running backs as who is just getting the volume will mm-hmm. produce in fantasy when it's a good scheme. In his own run running scheme, you're gonna be that cutback lane. And if you look at like Ty Johnson's college stuff, yeah. he's he's built. He's not little. He's not a little running back at all. <laughs> he's fast. He was returning kicks in college. And um his college stats at like Maryland, he averaged seven yards a carry. He was averaging 25 yards a kick return. Like, he's explosive. I, I personally believe they're going to be kind of like, he would be that sleeper like a Jeff Wilson, <laughs> in a sense, yeah. where he's the guy that's super explosive and can make the big play, or even Raheem Moster, in a sense. Mm-hmm. While Michael Carter is the guy that, like, he does everything. He He doesn't do it as well as, I mean, from what I think, that people are projecting like he broke a lot of tackles in college yes so did javante williams they both did um with both of them breaking tackles they pretty much did it in one and three games it was the miami fsu and nc state games and those three defenses were bottom 15 in the country at run defense Mm -hmm. and it's like when they played like notre dame and like schools that have uh the joker from or jeremiah rusicoa or whatever from notre dame they weren't breaking him. They, they weren't breaking tackles against the bigger schools. They were just breaking it against the schools who, quite frankly, just were bad at tackling. Um, with the Jets offense specifically, like I just don't see that offense as a high-powered offense. And in PPR, or in half point, for me, like you look at the top 12 of last year, there was only one running back who didn't score 10 touchdowns, and that was Zeke, and he got... It was just a bad year for running backs. Ezekiel <laughs> you know, yeah, doesn't yeah. isn't going to be a top twelve running back in most years, but like even twenty nineteen, I'm pretty sure every single running back scored at least ten touchdowns. Besides, 
Fournette, who had 77 receptions. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Nick Chubb, who I believe was bouncing in and out being hurt. But pretty much, sure. like, it's it's touchdowns is one thing, and high-powered offenses is kind of what I look for in running backs. Uh-huh. And I'm just not banking on, one, him getting the touches you'd want. Okay. And um, two, like, I, I don't, I don't believe he. I think he's in a three-way running back by committee. Okay, I got you. Um, do you think he gets more receptions than um, uh, Antonio Gibson, or more targets? No. I guess. No, I don't think he's. I don't think out the gate. I don't think he's going to be good enough on third down. That was a big knock on him coming out of college. He's not good in blitz protection, from what I've read up on. I think it was the Senior Bowl. Something, something mm-hmm. like that. Got He's it. not very good at picking up blitzes, and mm-hmm. that that is what you need to get on the field on third downs. Sure, I get that. I, I definitely do. Um, that 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 is an issue, and also why I don't like Etienne as much too, because that guy cannot block out of the backfield. Um, but yeah, I so I I think we probably just mismatched on talent. He was my number two running back in this in this draft class. Um, and I I love the way this guy cuts. I mean, I feel like he fits perfectly into his own blocking scheme. He were he. Reminds me of like Le'Veon Bell to like get through, you know, the line with those kind of cuts and just, I, I don't know. I really like the, his ability to contest a catch even. Um, but I understand if the blocking isn't a show. I didn't actually look into that to, to be honest. Um, but no, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to oh, say yeah. in the Le'Veon Bell, we did get to see like what happens when he, when he lost that Steelers O line. Oh, like, I get it. But I don't think the Jets O line's that bad. No, I don't think it's Steelers level. Of course. I don't think it's Steelers. No, level. no, no. They're just young. That's the, that's yeah. the thing with the Jets O line. They're young. And also Mekhi Becton as great as like, you know, the highlights on Twitter we see, he's been missing a ton of time. That's like the one thing that sure. bothers me. Cause if they lose him, their O line goes from like, okay, we're excited about it. to like, Oh God. Please help me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like the guys they brought in, like like McGovern and Fan Van Ron. Like those are, I think McGovern and Fan. Like last year, they sent them to like decent deals. I feel like you need a little bit of time to get used to a system, especially when you're losing. So yes. I like them a lot too. Um, yes. And Becton, I, I'm also not a huge fan of Vera Tucker, but I think he can be an okay piece on that line. I just, I really feel like Michael Torres is going to come in to be the number one guy after Tevin Coleman, who I don't think is very good. Um, it isn't the guy, and I also kind of, I kind of like Michael Pirine a little bit, but not as much as. Uh, Carter. So I just I just feel like he wins that role completely, and the Jets will be playing from behind a lot. I think he'll get to see the field as a passing back a lot because I think he's very good at that. I think he's the best one they have. But I, I understand if you differ from that. I'm just thinking like half point PPR. If, if we disagree on that, if if you think he's not going to get him because he can't pass block, that's reasonable. I thought he was okay at that, but it's possible he's not, and I will totally see that absolutely. Yeah. But that's kind of my logic. Does that make sense? No, of course. I mean, the thing is, is you're going to see those reports come out of camp. Sure. Like when people start tweeting about it, because like, okay, camp reports aren't the Bible, especially in June, yeah. but it gets closer to like training camp. And then you actually start to see like who's rotating in with the ones during like the main portion of it. That's, that's the important stuff. And like gotcha. right now, like all of them, Ty Johnson, Perrine, um, Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman are all playing with the ones of the jets. And yep. um. I'm also interested to see about, like, Zach Wilson. Like, I know targets is one thing that, like, you want to project running backs out of the backfield. And, like, mm-hmm. with Zach Wilson's arm talent, like, I'm I'm very interested to see whether he's got it in on the check down. Like, I'm very, very intrigued by that because a lot of running back receptions is usually correlated to, one, either the offense flowing through them mm-hmm. or a quarterback that's, that's what he does. <laughs> sure. Like, Alex Smith, uh, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, like, those guys, like, mm-hmm. the that's what it is. Sure. Yeah, I I, I can get that. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm unsure as well too. Uh, I I love the love the way Zach Wilson throws the ball, but I feel like he didn't throw to running backs 
that often to be no fair. i mean you're not gonna see that in highlights like. yeah well I, yeah i mean I, yeah i mean yeah I, I for sure um i think that's good enough talk on gibson does that sound good to you yeah that's cool all right, um, let's talk about the next one, which I will say uh, I have moved him up. I've been doing a lot of Cam Akers research. Um, I've been looking at him a lot. I've been watching a lot of films. So the next one's Cam Akers. I think on my original board, I had him ugh, 26. I have him currently at, I think, 18 now. So a little yeah. different, a little different. But I'm still willing to, to I still think I still think I'm a lot more down on other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you are as well. I mean, it's and the thing is, is like one, like you're more than cool, like entitled to your opinion. You do your research, you have your thing. Like I, for Cam Akers and my logic and my like love for Cam Akers, it is very, very simple. Like I think one, he's the workhorse. I like not workhorse. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I think he's going to be get the one getting close to the 300 touches. I think he's going to be the 260, 250, like 270 type of workload because I've never been a Daryl Henderson fan. And I understand Daryl Henderson played well last year. But Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers were healthy for two games, I believe, on that end of the stretch run before Henderson got messed up with the ankle injury mm-hmm. against, I believe, the Jets. Or- Seahawks? I think it was the Seahawks. Uh, was it and, the last game of the season? Yeah, I think it, yeah, I thought it I was think, the last game of the season. Yeah, because so pretty much um, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson were active and <laughs> Cam Akers was getting 70 to 80% of the target or workload. That New England game, that Jets game, and even the Cardinals game, Cam Akers was dominating the snap counts and dominating the touches. And when those games happen, I, you saw what workhorse back he could be. Um, you saw that he's capable of taking the workload. And not that he, I don't think he's going to go and average 24 touches a game like he did to end the stretch. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's capable of getting your 18 to 20. And in line with a 17-game season, you're obviously looking at um, the touch mark you want for your running back. Mm-hmm. And also with McVeigh specifically, like McVeigh has sat around and sorry, not sat around, messed around, and he's never had a rushing offense outside the top ten in rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And the only year that he didn't come in the top ten in rushing yards was the t- 2019 year of Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. me just basically <laughs> giving up. And for the first time in his career, like. I don't know how you feel about golf, but the difference in talent between golf to Stafford for me is like tremendous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're able to do the things offensively down the field and force teams into two safeties, McVeigh is going to just run the ball and it's going to be one of those like clockwork. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I do like Stafford more than I like Goff. I, I like Goff a decent amount. I don't think he's, like, trash. I think he's pretty average, so maybe a little bit more depending, but we'll see how he goes in Detroit this year. That's, yeah. it's a big hit for me. Um, but I do think Stafford is way better. He's, like, he's, like, in my top six of quarterbacks or some shit like that, so very high on Stafford. Love him in this offense, I think. Um, but I, so I, I think the biggest point comes down here is I don't think Cam is going to be the workhorse back, and the reason you think he's going to be the workhorse back is because he got so many touches at the end of the year. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. 
Well, touches at the end of the year while Daryl Henderson was healthy enough. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I don't remember the exact health and, and stuff like that, but I mean, I I see six games, and I've, I've watched them all now. I'm going to put out some stuff on Twitter probably tomorrow because I'm doing stuff tonight, but I he's he started in six games. Really. We have a six-game sample size where he played a lot. Do, do, you, do you agree with that? I think it was the New England. I think the New England game on that mm-hmm. Thursday night was like the opening party for Cam Akers. And so I, I, before, see, I see Arizona the week before he had 21 carriers and then 29 sorry. carriers. And then yes, it was the, sorry, yeah. the Arizona yeah. game was the one that was the week opening. Yeah, yeah. So I see a guy who has six games that I can really judge him on um, going in like the top 10 of 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 running back ranks when Daryl Henderson is still there and I don't see much of a difference between them two on film and I'm also looking at PFF data I don't know how much you take into account or just the rankings and I see them as very similar guys they're very similarly ranked I I also saw Malcolm Brown get in there a lot towards the end of these games and I didn't see a lot of Cam Akers there and that extended to the playoffs until the last game versus Green Bay but um I I don't know if I don't know if he just has a complete you know clamp on this job uh, do, do you think the draft capital helps that he had last year or something like that or just the talent or well, why does he have the 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 hold it besides the fact Daryl Henderson was uh, not playing when he was in or is that the only reason well no that's not the only reason I, I think well one they drafted Daryl Henderson in the second or third second I believe third. I think and then the third, next actually because uh, Akers but... was the second Akers was the second he was yeah. the third I think yeah and then the following year, they went ahead and drafted Akers in the second. Basically, like, hey, we saw rookie year Daryl Henderson. It's not it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we we messed sure. up as a team. That's the way I kind of read that. And, like, the reason why I don't think it's too big of a deal that Cam Akers only played the six games that you can judge him off of, mm-hmm. it's, it's similar to what happened with David Johnson. It's to a lesser level because David Johnson – is not like he was catching the ball a ton out of the backfield. Like it was, it was disgusting what he was doing at the end of the year. But we're looking at a guy like an, an offensive scheme that when they're at their best is when they're workhorsing a running back. Like the whole running back by committee a or Rams offense wasn't the killer Rams offense. They had the number one defense in football and they were very, very good. But like with if you I think in McVay's wow. mind, if you gave him the number one defense in football, he should win the Super Bowl. So, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that. And they, they did go with, it seemed like they went with the hot hand, like, between games, right? It, it felt like that, at least in the beginning. Well, stuff, right? We couldn't decide between which one. Is well, that sound? the, yeah, the right. biggest thing, I think the biggest thing with the beginning of the year that was kind of tough was, like, we, we got it. Like, the COVID offseason, the way people treated rookies has to be kind of judged. Like, sure. the way practices were held, the way OTAs were, like, I'm not too sure Cam Akers got enough of a showing to be like, hey, like McVay was like, hey, yeah, sure. I'm comfortable with this guy being the dude. I get that. I do. So I'm looking at the uh, the stuff from Pro Football uh, reference and Cam Akers, or not Cam Akers, uh, Henderson went on the IR in week 17. Yes. I know. I know that. I was yeah. saying that he, the, because the Cam Akers played a few games with Daryl Henderson because yeah, it was three. It was the three before the, he he got injured for yes. this the week sixteen yes. game. Yeah, for sure. And it was like one of those things that I was like, why did um, not why? Like, mm-hmm. I looked at that and I was like, well, I mean, obviously in the beginning of the year, like Daryl Henderson was playing, but mm-hmm. even in his games where you know he played really well, he yep. never really hit sixty percent snaps. <laughs> he never did. He mm-hmm. actually never hit sixty percent of the snaps. Sure. And I just don't think McVay and like during that time period, Cam Akers was rib cartilage and just. 
absolutely messed up at that point in the year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for me, I look at their offense and I'm like, I, I think they're a top five offense in football from mm-hmm. being with Matt Stafford. I think he takes them to that next level. Um, and I look at, um, what you call it? I look at like running backs and just in general in the landscape, like I feel comfortable taking Cam Akers as my RB1 on the turn. I don't think Cam uh-huh. Akers should be drafted in the top eight like the fantasy community is kind of putting him at. Mm-hmm. I personally, my draft philosophy is kind of very like, don't mess up your first four picks. <laughs> I, I'm on that board 100% too. And I don't take my running back eight over my wide receiver one. So <laughs> I, I refuse, like in PPR, sorry, half point's a little different. Um, but in PPR specifically, I, I refuse to take a running back over, like a running back eight over wide receiver one i will take my running i will take my wide receiver tight end over it so with cam makers like i think you have him too low in your rankings just because i see so much upside and i think like it's going to be about it's going to come down to coach speak it it really is and like if mcveigh kind of talks about running back by committee approach then yeah no you kudos to you you're going to be probably closer than i am but as of right now, the only comments we have of McVeigh about Cam Akers is that he is a very special talent and a three-down back. That's the only thing he said in the last like uh-huh. month and a half. I got you. Um, do you worry about the Rams' offensive line? No. Uh, I mean, McVeigh's McVeigh had uh, Whitworth go down and still freaking like mm-hmm. like they, their offensive line. Like it's it's not hard to find offensive linemen in that scheme to do well. It's going to be hard for a passing game because you're going to have to move around in the pocket. But like, oh, for, for the running game you're talking about, okay, yeah, the okay. the running game specifically, it's not like a very hard schematic standpoint. Like, uh-huh. it seems like every team that runs this, like the the Vikings offense line is awful. Dalvin Cook is still getting holes and cutback lanes like never before. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. I just. I so I. I didn't understand in 2019 with the reason why they were so bad because they were they were pretty terrible in 2019, but then they rebounded yes. really well in 2020, and it seems like it's still pretty much the same group. So I worry about the volatility there personally. Um, I think I it was like more Gurley to be honest, like Gurley just not being like able to hit holes and like being slow. <laughs> that was it's, my it's thought process. It's possible. Um, I just yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a PFF simp, but I don't really care, especially for offensive line grades. But they just dropped precipitously i don't know why and then they came back up because i thought they were a pretty good group and I, I would probably agree with you that they are a pretty good line group but it still gives me a little bit of pause i want like you said like you don't want your first four picks you want that all to be you know pretty solid i worry about drafting a guy with you know really i mean three games of experience without malcolm brown and then six games overall where he was used a lot and this guy's going like you said in like the top 10 that really bothers me i, I can't take a chance on a guy like that you know does that make sense i know you're not as high as other people are but i mean my question is is joe mixon's yeah. eight on your rankings yeah. I mean, their offense line is, is no, <laughs> like, yeah, no I'm just sure. saying like, sure. he's one of the guys that like, I look at and like that argument could be used against him. And like, Wait, I don't the offensive line argument. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could agree with that. Um, I think Joe Mixon is in a way safer RB one role than, you know, no Giovanni Bernard. They drafted a guy, I think in like the fifth or sixth round to possibly be a, a spell guy, but he, he has the whole thing to himself and he's been really good in the past. We haven't seen that from Cam Akers. Except for four games, six games, whatever you want to call it. I mean, with Joe Mixon, I, I, Giovanni Bernard was never really a threat to his touches, to be honest. Um, Giovanni Bernard was averaging like 1.6 targets, I believe, with uh-huh. Joe Mixon there. Like, Joe Mixon has 
shown that he can kind of do it. <laughs> he's just he's just he's hurt me way too much in the draft. Me too. Like, he's hurt me too. I know. I, 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 I like Joe Mixon as a talent. I completely agree. I just hate Zach Taylor, like personally. Like that's my biggest thing. It's a tough situation. I just he feels one of the more secure running backs, and I like to take you know the secure running backs high. Yeah. high. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you you view it as a split. I don't view it as a split. That's why I have Cam Akers up there. That's like that's, the that's the thought process. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. That's our thought process. Um, and I just I just don't like the sample size. I think it, you know regular NFL season is pretty low sample size, and the fact that he got that is just too much. It's just too much risk. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what we're, we think we're both kind of saying that, and we're both. I mean, I I don't hate the talent though. I've really warmed up to the talent. Um, because he was I think my sixth running back coming out of, or maybe maybe my. I want to say my sixth running back coming out of the 2020 draft. Um, so, I, I mean, I like the talent enough, I think. Um, yeah. I, and I, I saw it on film, for sure. It, it's there. I just also kind of see it from the other running backs. Even Malcolm Brown looked pretty good running behind that line last year. Um, and I don't really like Michael Brown. Um, I like Henry No, Mal- Malcolm Brown feels like Mike Davis. And personally, I think he's yeah. going to cut into Miles Gaskin more than people project. But Yeah, I think you might be right, like, which is so frustrating to me. But I, have to, I, I want to look into that a little more. But I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah. For sure, <laughs> it's a you know Gaskin is someone a whole other thing because I'm not sure where I want to keep him, but uh, I, I like the talent there too. Um, but that's you know whatever. Um, was there anything else you want to say about Acres? Um, I mean, pretty much sum it up. Like we like yeah, no, that's that's about it. There's there's um, I I believe he's just going to be a workhorse. You don't. That's why we're that's why yeah. that's why we differ there. It's it's pretty pretty yeah. straightforward. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, yeah, we can we can go on to, to the next one we have, which is um, so we have I have Boyd over Chase in my rankings. Let me pull out where I have Boyd, which I don't think I'm super high. Yeah, 27 I have Boyd, and then I have uh, he must be a little farther down than that. Boyd at 27, and then uh, Jamar Chase at 38. So I'm pretty far apart on these guys, um, and you disagree, and I get that. So hit me up. So. First, like rookie receivers don't really make that big of an impact for fantasy football a lot. Like it's it's Justin Jefferson is just you know historic, great. Sure. But more importantly, I think last year's class was historic. To to be fair, I think it's they were yeah. It's just it's just one of those things. Yes. Yeah. It it, like look, I don't I'm not saying Jamar Chase is going to be that dude. I just think that personally, it's like with Jamar Chase getting put into that offense. Tyler Boyd is has to be third in the pecking order of targets. And if you have Joe Mixon and your RB8, I'm assuming you think Joe Mixon's going to get those receptions like out of the backfield. Like I think how many I think they're going to score a lot. I think that offense is going to score a lot. Okay. So you think they're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Like I'm saying like for Joe Mixon, would you say like 60 targets or do you think he like do you think he's going to be like a Zeke? Do you think he's going to be I closer think to like... like a Zeke? Okay. So with that ideology and my kind of thought process because that this offense is the way I look at the Cowboys offense just not the same coaching and not the same offensive line you look at like I think Tyler Boyd is the Michael Gallup in this offense like he's shown he can do it he's good enough but for some reason they just went ahead and picked a receiver in the top five that is generational and I think he's going to out target him year one and he's going to work like he's going to basically just take away the routes that you think that you know like Tyler Boyd dominates the slot Chase can go inside of the slot as well, and I think they're going to try to like one. They they need to protect Burrow. <laughs> like let's let's not like yeah. they need to do it. And with Drew Sample and CJ Uzoma coming back, like it's not the greatest two tight end set, but I think two tight ends is something they can run. And with 
that, I think Tyler Boyd is the receiver that comes off the field. And I think Tyler Boyd is going to dominate the slot as much as he like can, but I don't think he's going to dominate the targets. I think so, okay. Higgins and I think Higgins and Chase are both going to exceed 120 targets. Mm-hmm. I personally think Higgins and uh, Chase will score similar point totals. Mm-hmm. I think Higgins in half point will definitely dominate more probably touchdowns. But Jamar Chase is arguably the most complete prospect we've seen coming out in a very, very long time. I've I've graded like I didn't put a number grade to it, mm-hmm. but out of receivers that I've seen in the last, you know, like I think he's better than the Sammy Watkins coming out. I believe he's better than Amari Cooper when he was coming out of college. Um, I, Jamar Chase is an absolute freak. It's such a weird concept that he's he doesn't get that much separation, which is kind of crazy. Mm. But he wins contested catches, and he can get open at any point. And I think like the chemistry between him and Burrow is going to be something that one they're going to try to just you know we're going to give him <laughs> Burrow go uh-huh. go get your guy type of thing. And um, yeah, no, I, I see Jamar Chase being utilized in a huge huge way with the Cincinnati Bengals year one so it's funny because I also see this offense very similarly to Dallas offense but I think CeeDee Lamb and Tyler Boyd are the same and I think that uh Jamar Chase and Michael Gallup will be the same um so I think I think there's maybe a little bit difference and maybe I'm just you know maybe that's a lazy comparison because they're both you know they CeeDee Lamb and obviously Tyler Boyd you know they run in the slot and that's not what you know Gallup or I don't think Alfred really runs the slot. Maybe he does, but I, I could be mistaken on that. No, C.D. Lamb He's, dominated the slot this yeah, past was, year. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I... um, Look, wide receiver rankings are real tough for me. I want to have, like, about all of these, like, guys in the top 25. Judge want them all. Like, as many as I can get, because they're so good. Um, and I think even going down to, like, the top 40, there are some really good wide receivers I like, including Jamar Chase, who I do like. I don't disagree that he's a... He was my third ranked uh, wide receiver out of this draft class. And um, I understand if people want to fight me on that, that's fine. Um, but I think a 19-year-old dude who, or well, he was 19 last time I played, 21-year-old dude this season, coming out of college where he didn't play the whole last season, into the NFL, might take some more time to adjust than people are actually thinking. Um, and I worry that it'll stunt his ability to play in the early parts of the year. I think he'll definitely rebound and be probably pretty good going forward but i just think t higgins is already just a, a way better wide receiver than him uh for the nfl and i think tyler boyd fills a niche that he doesn't fit and i kind of feel like there'll be a lot of michael gallup-esque games for jamar chase where it goes for like 100 plus yards but there'll be a lot of games where he just doesn't do that um i i, I just i see higgins and i just like i see um, a guy like amari cooper just dominating a lot for it and you know, that might open up things for Jamar Chase, uh, possibly, but I just, I really see him being the focal point of the offense. And then I also see Tyler Boyd, you know, getting in there for whatever the slot catches are. And I think in a potent offense that will score a lot, mostly because the defense is bad. And I think Joe Burrow is like a top 10 quarterback already. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I see, I see what you're getting at. I, I think with Burrow, the, the thing about him that I, it was it, it was a weird rookie year. I, I'm not I don't I don't agree that Burrow is top ten in quarterbacks. I, sure. he he needs an adjustment period and like oh, I mean um, for fantasy. Sorry, if that's was that what no I'm no sorry. even yeah. for fantasy okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, yeah. like 
he did not look well throwing the football. <laughs> like, he overthrew a ton of guys. He threw people over their head. He threw the ball 60 times a game, which is why, like, you know, you can pull the highlight throws, but, like, when 25 of your throws are like, oh, my God. Sure. What well, are you doing? I, to be to be fair, I also I'm I'm not a highlights guy. I watch I watch like actual like I watch the Game Pass stuff. Like I, I watch yeah. all this stuff and I, yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying. Just I want to make that clear. I'm not because oh, okay, I, I hate highlight films. I hate that shit so much. Yeah. Because it just ignores all of the bad parts, and there are a lot yeah. of bad parts. I agree. But with, with Burrow, like again, like look, I so um for example, like why people I'm not worried about like a guy like Jerry Judy and dropping the football is because like. I'm not saying that this is this should be an excuse for everybody who just goes and drops the football. But when you're going from the collegiate level to the NFL level and you're changing the football from a college football to an NFL football, it changes. It's a bigger football. <laughs> those those footballs are not the same size. You go from catching you know in-game college football to in-game NFL with a COVID offseason where you're probably not getting as much work with Drew Locke as you wanted. And then also, like, you know, Jeff Driscoll comes in. Kendall Hinton comes out. Like... Yeah, Judy didn't have the repetition as he's used to, so like he was dropping a lot of footballs, and that's something that's kind of sucks. With Joe Burrow specifically, like again, he didn't get to probably work with the receivers as much as you get as a rookie, and he didn't get to probably throw the NFL football as much as you like, need. And I think he's the type of guy that like he had small hands coming out. That was a thing that people made fun of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like with him having small hands, he's probably going to have to adjust his grip to the football. And, like, that's something that takes time getting used to. I think with Burrow specifically in this offense, like, I think he's going to want to push the ball down the field, and I don't think he's going to want to target the slot as much. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's it's also the week-to-week stuff is going to be tough because, like, in his division, it's it's awful. Like, like it's, a, it's a gauntlet. It's not fun. It's not a good time. Um, all those defenses aren't, like, are top tier except for the Browns. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Going forward, making this more so to Boyd and Jamar Chase, I just don't see Boyd's, like, getting open and having talent has to matter, and I don't see Boyd get, like, getting open as much as Jamar Chase was, even though Jamar Chase didn't pose the greatest separation as a sophomore at LSU. Uh-huh. But Jamar Chase showed the connection with Burrow in scoring 20-plus touchdowns, <laughs> and I just I, I don't see... Like, again, it seems like you kind of have them in the same tier. You're just basically, it's apples to oranges almost. Like, it's not apples to oranges. It's like they're it's like top of the tier, end of the tier. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And I I, I don't I don't want to, like, back, or like back off my points or anything like that. But this is, there's, like, look, I, I have um, Jalen Waddell, Juju, Devonta Smith, Corey Davis, Chase Claypool, Odell Beckham, all in front of uh, Jamar Chase and obviously behind Tyler Boyd, but I wouldn't be surprised if any of those guys were in front. There's This is a glut of amazing wide receivers that I'm very interested in owning, so it just kind of, it, it is tough for me. I, I don't want to back off my points, I still agree with my points, but like, does that make sense, right? Like, I yeah. just, there's so no, many they're guys tiered. here, I love them all, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tear break, and that's like the big yeah. thing. I mean, I like looking at it again, like, it, it's not, it's not super crazy to, like, look at and be like for me like Antonio Brown being at 46 I could see Antonio Brown finishing 27 I could too I could absolutely do that it's it's just one of those things that it's just going to be about time and like I I will say I think you're probably the highest person I've seen Will Fuller to be honest and I'm not saying that I don't think Will Fuller is great I just think (laughs) that the suspension is throwing everybody off and it's one game I know it's one game but it's just like one of those weird things that people are freaking out and obviously too it just went ahead and uh 
screwed the pooch last night or this yeah, past week with, whatever i don't care yeah i mean that that doesn't matter to me either yeah, good, but good. <laughs> with tyler boyd and jamar chase like i just see the talent like i'm just not i don't think i'm taking either in redraft because i think uh-huh. jamar chase is going to go way higher and like another yeah. thing with that i'll make a point on like my league in redraft will draft a guy like jamar chase and most likely the Probably in the same area that CD Lamb's going, uh-huh. and yeah. like a guy like Robbie Anderson will go in the tenth. Like I will be taking Robbie Anderson probably in the ninth or eighth or whatever round I decide to go with him. But like, okay. I I just don't I don't see how Jamar Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd are going to be the uh, the player. Like I don't see how you can have not you can have, but like. I just don't see Tyler Boyd finishing over Jamar Chase. That's the only thing I could say. <laughs> okay, no, I, I understand that, Logan. I, I'm definitely, like, on an island for that stuff for sure, um, which is – I'm fine with that. Um, I, I, I feel like the – I'll just say high-powered offense. Um, I really like T. Higgins. I, I don't know how you feel about T. Do you th- so it seems like you think that they'll be fighting for similar targets. Is that – does like, a target share, I guess, because they're both outside receivers. They're both – I think they're both pretty really good contested catch guys. Um, but I think T. Yeah. Higgins gets more separation. But I could be wrong on that. I mean, um, I think T. Higgins has double-digit touchdown upside, which is what you want in half. Mm-hmm. Um, TDs are king, because if you get one TD, that's equivalent yeah. to, what, 12 catches? 12 catches. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, that's killer. Um, I think, like, I'm trying to think of, like, an offense that, like, comparable. It's, it's not more so, like, the Cowboys, because, like, T. Higgins is, like, body type, probably sure. closer to Michael Gallup than anybody else. Yeah. But, um... Um, with I just think he's he, I think he's a guy that goes and like can win at the high pointing the football and yep. be that type of dude. Yep. Um, I think Jamar Chase is just going to help him. I, I think it's I think they're more so like not to this level because it's like a far fetched level, but like Julio and Calvin, mm. where Jamar Chase is getting the seventeen eighteen yards a catch and can score ten touchdowns. Mm. And obviously, Julio didn't score touchdowns, but we always wanted, like, why the hell is he not just getting the ball yeah. in the red zone? Yeah. They're going to be the ones actually throwing the ball. Uh-huh. I, I got you. I got you. I, to be honest, I mean, I I, I don't want to say this will happen like that, but I, I could definitely see this wide receiving group being like a Julio and a Calvin Ridley, you know, at some point. Uh, yeah. Maybe not this year, but yeah. I mean, Tyler Boyd in this group, in this case, would be Russell Gage. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tyler Boyd's better than Russell Gage talent-wise. Do you agree with that? Yeah. No, yes. Tyler Boyd is one of those dudes that, like, He's not pretty. Like he's not like flashy. He's he just he's he's very skilled in the middle of the field, and like mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, he he's like the poor man's Keenan Allen, is what I think. Like Keenan Allen, I think is great. Like I, I think Keenan Allen is one of the best round runners in football. Yep. But like the way the community views Keenan Allen is basically Tyler Boyd is a poor man's Keenan Allen. Yeah, I can I can even go with like possibly even a poor man CD Lamb if you even wanted to say that. Yeah, I mean CD Lamb just being <laughs> just being younger is like a weird. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess yeah. that's like I don't know a poor man for some reason just correlates. I think he's like. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Boyd is basically the way like I don't know he. I think he like if Jamar Chase or any if one of those receivers goes down, you're like Tyler Boyd will be a top twenty four receiver. Like, yeah. No doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm curious where where do you have Jamar Chase? Just like around Jamar Chase, I'm just gonna show you. Yeah. I have like my little like we have a whole document. Um, because oh. I did receiver, so I can say like Jamar Chase. Jamar okay. Chase is my wide receiver 25. Okay, who is he like around? Just curious. Uh, Jamar Chase, Juju, Robert Woods, Thielen, Ayuk, okay. Deontay, 
Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll say it again. I don't want to back off my position, but God, I I could I could see that very easily happening. I think they're yeah. just wide receivers. Yeah, I could agree and with that. Tyler Boyd's my wide receiver, forty-eight. So basically, oh. <laughs> flipping where you have Jamar Chase and um, I mean, Jamar yeah. Chase is thirty-eight, so it's a little bit closer. But like, I, I have Tyler Boyd way down there. Yeah. Um, that's also not adjusted. We have to adjust that because it probably closer to forty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, do you have Landry in front of him? I'm just curious. Jarvis. Yeah. Um, not not many points. It's okay. it's probably like two points a week, maybe one one gotcha. point one point a week. It's a seventeen point difference. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's absolutely nothing. Like <laughs> argue like when people get like the Terry McLaurin debate this past week was just dumb. I or uh, two weeks ago or whatever people oh, are arguing Terry. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 10, or Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 18. And, like, my wide receiver 10 to my wide receiver 18 is a 30-point difference, a.k.a. <laughs> two points a week. Like, we're not... Yeah. Yeah, Terry's my 16, so I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love Terry. I love the talent there. Um, yeah. It, I, I think it's undeniable. There's just, again, I'll say, there's so many good wide receivers. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, of course. It, it's, it is tough for me to argue. I, I'm definitely more passionate or more... more more sure of myself when it comes to like running backs or tight ends or maybe not tight ends, but, or, or quarterbacks um, that am for wide receivers. Cause there's so many of them. So I can, I can agree with your points a lot, a lot easier. Cause I just, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got through the three guys wanted to get through in about mm-hmm. 55 minutes, which is pretty dope. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about or anything else you want to mention? Uh, that's about it. That's good. I mean, if, if anybody listening wants to give me a follow for the DFS content, that's that's cool. If not, like it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I, where, where, where can people find you for that for the content? Uh, Gridiron ratings will be the main site I'll be writing and doing projections for. But if you just follow me on Twitter, you'll be able to find my stuff. I mean, Perfect. I pretty much um, like just so people have any idea of whatever or how uh, why they should follow me in DFS. Like I wrote a football journey about it, and I mean this past year. I deposited five hundred dollars in my DraftKings account, came out with eighty-five grand. So I'm hoping to get to a hundred thousand this year, and hopefully I can get someone to win a GPP of some sort. That's my goal. Yeah, that's dope, man. That that's that's some serious <laughs> that's some serious good yeah. work. I mean, you know, I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, seriously, dude. Um, I I could I think I lost like five hundred bucks last year. So <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you again, man, for coming on the show. I love debating or talking about ranks or just debating or talking about anything so again if you see anything if you see me saying something foolish you could always hit me up you know yeah no of course i mean like i said we we had a little twitter exchange about i think it was no mike davis it was mike davis and at the end of the day like this is about rank this is rankings it's supposed to be fun it's fantasy football like just because we disagree doesn't mean it doesn't mean much i mean if if my points or attention or go with the reader better than yours then go for it because at the end of the day i don't think anybody predicted like you know mccaffrey saquon not to be top 10 running backs last year regardless yeah injuries are a thing but still same point (laughs) we don't get to predict those but those still happen yeah i i agree definitely agree um but again thanks for coming on man this is a dope show um hope to talk soon yeah for sure have a good one Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.